0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week TV podcast. It's been a while, but welcome back, Andrew Mercado. Hi, James. Yeah, we've been, it's been a little mini winter recess, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs>
1: we've both been having one. You've had one, then I had one, then you had one. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we're back and there's, um, there was a period there, there didn't seem to be a lot happening in television, to be honest.
1: Yeah, we are. And, you know, I'm certainly looking at what's on TV next week mm. and thinking, oh, there's not a lot of new stuff next week. They kind of bunch up. Um, but, look, there's still lots of stuff for us to talk about.
0: Oh, yeah, look, and there's my, my to-watch list is still really long. And one of the reasons I've been a little reluctant to rush back to this podcast is I, I feel like I'm missing a few things. There's still things on I should be watching it and I just haven't caught up with. But we'll cover that across the course of our chat today. Um Start with Utopia, I think. We've just, we're have just we recording this the day on a Thursday. ABC have just had what is becoming, a, again, a pretty successful Wednesday evening for them. And Utopia, yeah. the second week, it started off with a bang, um, really rated well uh, its first week back, went down a little bit in the second week, but um, the quality's still there after what was a two-year break.
1: And it's still winning the time slot quite convincingly. Mm. I mean, it's up against... Uh my life is murder. The the Australian murder mystery show on uh, Ten. Yeah, and you know you've got nine doing. You know, a new U.S. soap, Grand Hotel, which was actually a lot of fun, by the way. I I saw a lot of it while I was on holidays in America. And Seven have got some British show called Cheat, which really isn't working for them um, because, you know, they're just not really in the game on a Wednesday night. I think that ever since the days of Spicks and Specs, there's an audience that's sort of uh, is very keen to sample products on the ABC on that night and I think it just it kicks off with Hard Quiz and then it's Charlie Pickering or Sean McAuliffe and then you usually quite often get uh, some sort of Australian sitcom in that 9pm slot. I mean, we've had Squinters, now we've got Diary of an Uber Driver at 9.30 and, you know, still one of the only places you'll see Australian comedy and particularly situation comedy is on the ABC.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to mention because as I was sort of doing the ratings this morning, I sort of, I thought of Well, it's a, it's a great way they're supporting the production sector. Here are four half-hour programs yep. from from the biggest to the smallest of production houses, um, from the newest production houses to to the most um, successful of production houses too, I guess. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and, of course, uh, one of the oldest and <laughs> one of the most successful uh, um, walking working dog would certainly qualify for that. I keep wanting to call them frontline. <laughs> working dog would certainly qualify for that. Um, and they're, they're really busy at the moment because they've got, have you been paying attention, of course, doing Fantastic Business for 10 on Monday nights and now Utopia on Wednesday nights. They've nearly got the best shows on each of those networks every week.
1: And, you know, I wasn't convinced until I saw this new season of shows that there was going to be enough situations for them to do another series of Utopia. Mm. Um, but, you know, when you look at the, the first episodes that they've screened already, you know, they've got so much material.
0: <laughs> That's good, isn't it? I mean, uh, Rob Sitch was doing the rounds of the uh, radio promo promoing when it launched last week he was on abc sydney with richard glover and they had listeners calling up with um real life situations (laughs) that, that might mirror what happens on utopia and and i think he was literally sitting there taking notes he was saying some of these ideas are fantastic you know and and it was a it was a really good little session with some hilarious stuff coming out
1: I do think that the show is very relatable. Anybody that works in an office will find something in an episode of Utopia where they will uh, chuckle to themselves and think, oh, God, that's just like my place where I work, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's very identifiable, the humour in it.
0: Sure. Let's just identify some of those other production houses too. Uh, Hard Talk, of course, is made by Thinkative TV. Hard Quiz. Hard Quiz. (laughs) Hard Quiz. (laughs) (laughs) That's Hard Talks on... um...
1: Hard chats on uh, hard chat. Charlie hard Pickering, tax, yeah.
0: Hard talks on the BBC. Well, it's easy to get these hards mixed up. Yeah. yeah so Hard Quiz is on ABC TV. Of course, Gold Logie winning uh, Tom Gleeson. Uh, think- yep. Thinkative TV, it's made by, which is a, a trio um, of people. I think Charlie Pickering's one of them. Kevin White's the other one, the Melbourne sort of comedy uh, mogul and manager. And Chris yep. Walker. Who's um, a former producer on the project? I think, um, and he produces Charlie's show as well. So he's one of the three partners there. The the so they they make that they make Charlie's show, and the the only one I haven't really invested much time in was their third program, which was I think was it tomorrow night? It was called. Another – the other Charlie Pickering project. Yeah,
1: I really didn't like that show. Yeah. That was the show where they sort of did hypotheticals on news in the future and okay. it was a panel show and it really did not work for me.
0: Yeah, I can't say I didn't like it, to be honest, because I didn't really watch it. I Yeah. I, I, It didn't attract me enough to sort of sit down, not no. because I didn't want to say it because there are other things that – came on my list before that did. Um,
1: it just felt like a bit of a waste of time for me. You know, yeah. why are we sitting here discussing, trying to think of something funny and witty to say about a hypothetical situation that didn't happen? It just, the the core concept of the show, I just thought, why do I need to watch this show? If I don't watch this show, I'll be, I'll be perfectly fine not to watch this show. There's all these other shows I can watch. I don't need to watch this hypothetical pretend comedy show.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of their other, you mentioned it before, one of their other Wednesday night programs on the ABC is a Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell. That, yeah. that always does very well. It, it usually gets into the top 10 on a Wednesday night. Again, it's one of the ABC's big properties. It's made by one of the biggest global production companies, MITV Studios, and um does, does very well for them. They had a hilarious segment this week on uh, puns that have been featured on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. Which I thought fantastic. It was, yeah, that was, was very clever. And the f- yep. fourth show I want to mention is that diary of an Uber driver, yep. which is sort of okay. I mean, it's just a, a, a nice little program. It's you know, and after three episodes, it's sort of growing on me a little bit. It's a, it's a, it's a good watch. It's made by a new company called Revlover, yeah, which is um, actually revolver backwards, I think, because it's it grew from a TV product, a TV advertising uh, production house called Revolver and um, so they've decided to start making some sort of um, drama, some scripted stuff, some comedy. They've got a big slate of about six or seven programs. They're working with lots of sort of interesting people but this is the first one they um, got on air. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've I've watched the first episode, I must admit I haven't gone back and watched any more after that, and I should, because I just watched it, and off the back of Squint as I was going, gee, there's a lot of shows uh, that are kind of set in cars, I would have separated (laughs) them as a programmer, I would have had one, I would have aired Diary of an Uber Driver later on in the year, but that's just me, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that, that seems to make sense. Did you watch the first episode of Saturday Night Rove? Yes, I did. I've got a, I, I was actually there in that watching it live in the audience.
1: So well, you will have a very different <laughs> view of how it went because you can never tell when you're in the studio audience right. what is what is uh, actually coming out to a viewer. It's it's quite often a very different experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, with the caveat, some of the segments did seem to go a little long.
1: Some of the skits, you
0: mean? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. S- seemed to milk the joke a bit, a bit longer than was worthy. Right. That, that well, that
1: was, might be because you're sitting in a studio audience, though. Because I actually thought, well, I thought some of those skits were great. I yeah. thought that it was really nutty, weird, absurd humour. I was, I was, I was kind of. Pleasantly surprised by okay. how funny it was. I did see stuff on social media, and I did have a couple of people, you know, that talk TV to me uh, saying to me, This is not suitable for my kids. They're talking about, you know, stiffies and. <laughs> And all this stuff, and and there was a bit of that. But mm. look, it was seven thirty on a Saturday night. I didn't think it was vulgar. Mm. Um, I, I actually thought that su- that some of the skits, the the more absurd the skit, the more I actually liked them.
0: Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah no, vulgar. I just don't get that at all. I mean, if you. It's, um, there was certainly nothing there that I don't think would um, would scare scare anybody. <laughs> okay. no.
1: do people do people think
0: because yeah, it's do
1: it, supposedly in this family time slot on Saturday night that you know it was it was suitable for young kids? It wasn't. It was you know M-rated material now at seven thirty p.m. at night, and I
0: think Stiffy passed the M test. <laughs> yeah, and I think they mentioned <laughs> masturbation, which I thought yeah, they might yeah. complain about. You know, I mean, come on, you know. Yeah, um, it's got an interesting team working on it, though, haven't they? Judith Lucy is the sort of voiceover person. Now, I didn't see her at all in the studio. Did they have a camera on her at all during the show? No,
1: no, she was not seen, and you know. Uh, I, I wonder if that's the deal they got for her to do it, if she just said, yeah, I'll do it, but I don't want to dress up and I don't want to put on makeup. will I'll, I'll do it at the voiceover if I can just... That would be a very Judith Lucy thing to do, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there were certainly echoes of um, the old Rove Live, I thought, about this show. Yeah. Um, the way I think they used to sit on a couch... Yeah. In, um, ..when he did the interviews in Rove Live, and then he had some of his regulars either at the other end of the couch, I can't remember, in Rove Live, or on another another little studio set, and that's what happened uh, last week with the two Alexes, Alex Lee and Alex Jay, and also Justin yep. Hamilton were sitting at a little table just a little bit further away from Rove. I thought yeah. that sort of worked okay, but they didn't have a lot to do. But They all had their own little segment, though, which... Yeah. Um, I think
1: it's going to take a while for, with any show and any new comedy team, you've got to give them some time to sort of get comfortable around each other, create some chemistry and know when someone's going to be the straight guy and let the funny line go to the next person. That sort of stuff doesn't happen overnight.
0: Mm, mm. And it's interesting they've got Chris Taylor working on the program from the uh, Chaser. Yeah. he sort of joined their writing team, so, you know, mm, I, I... I wouldn't mind a little bit more, sort of sharper chaser, sort of chaserish things in there, but but yes, um, yes, you know, just a little bit, maybe a bit more topical. Um,
1: I guess the one thing that I thought when I watched the show was, you know, it's it's so much a show where we're trying to get people to watch television again and have it going on in the background on a Saturday night and those days of hey hey Saturday where you you'd put it on in the background, you'd be getting dressed if you are of the age where you still went out on a Saturday night. It was funny, you could glance at it. I guess if we're trying to encourage people back to TV, I don't know, there was something that was kind of old school about it Mm. for me, Mm. and I kind of, I don't know what the solution is, but to me, I'm wondering if it needs to be a little bit more new school to Mm. get that audience to watch again, and it's pretty key that we we need to get a lot of people to watch this show and I just kind of felt that whilst I laughed at some of the skits I found some of the other stuff, it's like oh yeah, that's right, we're doing a Tonight Show this is what they do on Tonight Shows and I don't know that that really flies with that audience that doesn't watch TV at all anymore
0: Yeah, to me it was in the middle, at times I thought Jim, would this be better if it was more of a traditional Tonight Show? Right, we're sort of maybe stuck in the middle yeah like a, a bit of traditional then a bit of wacky but maybe they should go either one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know. They they certainly know a lot more about TV than I ever will They certainly do. <laughs> so and it's still early
1: days, you know. Yeah, I thought it got to, to a really good start.
0: That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, so do I certainly watched yeah. it And I enjoyed it enough to certainly tune in a second week, so yeah. Hopefully a few people will spread the word. Yeah. Um another show that launched this week was The Proposal. Yep. On seven, and gee was after one little outing. It Oof. certainly looks like there's not too many people interested in in this.
1: Look, I never, I didn't think that. I thought that was more of a seven thirty show myself, and I watched that first episode. And the first episode was actually really delightful. Hmm. It, 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 um, for a show with a ridiculous concept, which is basically perfect match, except at the end. The guy goes down on bended knee and proposes to the girl. I mean, really silly concept. But the couple that got together at the end of the show and that mother, she had her two teenage daughters there. And it was the daughters saying, our mum has been so selfless to us our whole life. We think it's time that she gets a man and she has some personal time and some happiness. It was very sweet. And it... By the end of the show, it had really won me over, and I liked Luke Jacobs hosting the show. I thought he was uh, suitably – he sort of raised his eyebrows once at one of the contestants (laughs) and said, yeah, whatever, (laughs) and I laughed and went, well, okay, you're not taking this too seriously, and I thought that was the right tone, but, you know – the, the, the I just think Seven have done so many dating shows, and this has actually been one of their better ones, but I just think the audience there is just like
0: saying enough. Enough is enough is enough. Yeah, I just don't know if anybody, well, it doesn't look like many people even bothered sampling it, you know. Because no. I see another dating show and go, yeah, well, I, I certainly haven't got time to um, – put it into, into <laughs> my schedule, so no. well done you for uh, watching that first episode. Another new show that launched this week was Old People's Home for Four-Year-Olds, uh, made by Endermol Shine Australia for the ABC. Gee, Andrew, this got some great reviews.
1: I reckon this will be one of the best shows of the year, James. I've watched it twice. I've teared up watching it. I'd like to think that this could be one of those shows we'll look back on in a few years' time and say, yeah, we actually made some changes in society because of this show, like we did when we all watched War on Waste and went, wow, look at what a difference a community could make if everyone was on the same page. I just loved the fact that we met a bunch of old people in retirement homes, half of them admitting they suffered from depression, none of them very active or had good mobility. And before the first episode's over, we're seeing them standing up and pushing their walkers and wanting to go outside with those little kids. We can see the cranky ones starting to laugh and smile with those kids. It was so beautiful. And and I would suggest that there there seems to be little doubt that um, putting childcare centres close to retirement villages and actually forcing some interaction between them – It's just good for everybody. I just thought it was an absolute revelation and it was beautiful, heartwarming television
0: to watch. Yeah, yeah, no, it was very moving, wasn't it? It was um, good stuff and I could see the audience holding for this one too. I think they'll be uh, back and, again, word of mouth, should at least help keep that audience um, steady or maybe even lift a little bit.
1: And interesting, James, too, that uh, we can see that as part of 10's pilot week, one of their shows there is My 80 Year Old Flatmate, <laughs> which looks like to be a very similar kind of setup but uh, putting old people and getting them to share uh, places with younger people, which I think I've been reading is happening in uh, Amsterdam now. This is becoming a thing that they're starting to try out in some of these European countries. Look, I just think it's all for it. I think it's kind of awful how we dump people in old people's homes, and we heard one of those people say on the show, look, you know, we know that we've been put in these places to die, and I mm. thought, oh, what a terrible thing to sit there in life and just, like, being in a waiting room, I, anything that we could do to make life more interesting for people in those sorts of places would be a good thing in my book.
0: So, yeah, you mentioned my uh, 80-year-old flatmate coming up as part of TEN's, um Pilot Week, which I think commences... Um we're about a week away, aren't huh? we? It's not far away anyway. Look, it's, it's sometime mid in September. Mid-September, about the 9th yeah. or the 10th, something like that. The
1: promos are all on TV at the moment, aren't they? You watch 10, uh, there's lots and lots of promos for it.
0: Sure. Look, it's, it's not, um, initially doesn't seem as exciting as last year. No. Where there was a, few bigger names like uh, Rove, of course, um, Kyle Sandilands. Interestingly, his show hasn't been on air yet, but that's not far away either, I don't think. But um, my 80-year-old flatmate, it's a program coming from Screen Time, being produced by... um, Johnny Lowry, who's one of their gun producers over there. He does a lot of different shows. He's um He looks after Arne's Brush With Fame, I think, oh, okay. amongst other things. So he certainly does a good job on that. And um, that, uh, that gets some great ratings. And they, they do a lot of episodes of that every year. Um, what about some of
1: the other offerings there? What's the one you most want to watch?
0: Well, strangely, it's probably going to be I Am Roxy. <laughs> oh, God, James. That's the
1: one I least want to watch. <laughs>
0: Well, partly because um, Whipper from Fitzy and Whipper is um, his Two Scoops Media. It's a little production business he started. They're sort of putting this together um, with Matchbox Pictures and a, a producer there called Debbie Byrne who's done some great work in the past as well. So I'm sort of quite interested in see what they do with that. I mean, I've done a podcast in the past with Roxy. Gee wish she upsets a lot of people. A lot, yeah. a lot of people don't like her but, I mean, She was very pleasant to me So I've got no beef with her But I'm sort of looking forward to that um, The other ones are Sydney's Crazy Rich Asians Again that's another screen time one Also Johnny Lowry And uh, yeah. Part Time Privates
1: Well obviously I'm the most interested In watching Part Time Private Eyes I, You know it's about mother. You know, Mothers at a primary school Running a little home private home-based private investigation thing, you know, while they're doing school pickups and all that. Look, you know, I hope it's uh, it's not a rerun of House Husbands or those Channel 9 shows that are always about parents and primary schools and all that. But this looks like it's going to be uh, a comedy with Heidi Arena and Nicola Parry. And uh, I'd like to think that, you know... This could be another great sitcom for 10 who are moving into this area a lot with renewing Peter Hellier's How to Stay Married and hopefully one day making a, a decision about more of Mr. Black, which is being adapted, I think, for the American market. Someone's okay. picked it up overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm always a big fan of seeing some more, more. any, More Australian comedy for me on TV is always a good
0: thing. Yeah, it's good uh, production credentials at part-time privates as well. It comes from uh, CJZ. Um, Yeah. The executive producers are CJZ co-founder Nick Murray and uh, one of their producers, Tony Malone. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that one. So that's Pilot Week. The Masked CG10 have got a busy last few months of the year. um, Do they uh, ever? And it's good to see some investment. So I I hope they get sort of rewarded for some of this stuff. Um, The Masked Singer is certainly getting lots of... Lots of media buzz if you like, which doesn't always translate to ratings, but um people I
1: think it will this time, James. Mm. I think this is so crazy and out there. And I just whipped down to Sydney to do something and I noticed all the bus posters everywhere for it. Uh it's just been announced I read on TV tonight that uh, Tim Chappelle, who's the Academy Award winning uh wardrobe costume designer from Priscilla Queen of the Desert. He won the Academy Award with Lizzie Gardner for that movie. He's designing the costumes for Down Here. Um, I read that in the American series, they've had to redesign the costumes for Series 2 because there were issues with the celebrities inside them in terms of how much they could see and <laughs> how much they could move so it's a, it's a it's a pretty uh it, you've got to make sure that that person has mobility and that they're not going to fall off the stage because they've got no side vision but look honestly i think and i have my fingers crossed and i hope that this is the big hit that 10 have been waiting for i think they deserve a hit it's time i think this is crazy enough to get everybody uh, curious enough to have a look at this. And I also noticed they've started to run some uh, very short teaser promos for this new series of Beverly Hills 90210 that features all the cast from the original series. And I've watched the first episode of that and it's are Jason Priestley and Shannon Doherty playing exaggerated versions of themselves. So they're not playing, you know, the characters they played in the show. They're playing actors on the circuit, going to fan conventions for the show and sending up a lot of the tabloid stuff that has been around those actors all their life. It was a terrific first episode. And if Tina's smart, they'll be running this off the back of... Uh, the masked singer and they're they're planning a few other shows to run off the back of it i think they're going to do my prediction is they're going to go very very well with this
0: yeah i mean they've covered a lot of bases with the um judging team jackie henderson um Husey, danny minot a lot of people laughed about the uh selection of Lindsay Lohan, but does it make a little bit more sense when you find out that not all the singers will be just australian
1: Well, look, I suppose it does, but I still really question. I've seen the promos um, for that, and and I really question, well, how is Lindsay Lohan supposed to recognise what's going to possibly be a contestant from The X Factor or The Voice Hmm. doing another reality show under there, some Aussie, you know? It's like I get that they wanted to have an international flavour there. Um, I don't know that. I, I haven't seen the show. She's certainly going to, she's going to add to that curiosity factor, which I think is why she's there. I think people will be watching to see, is she going to have a meltdown? Is she going to turn up and all that stuff? <laughs> I hear she's trying to restart her singing career. I wonder if she's done this and there's part of a contract and Lindsay Lohan's going to sing on this as well. God help us all. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mental, but maybe the whole show is mental and it's going to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a big week. Well, it's always a big week on Neighbours, Andrew, but something special is happening this week. Talk us through it.
1: Well, yeah, Neighbours are currently in the midst of uh, doing this crazy sort of thing. They've sort of set up uh, Stephen Dennis playing Paul Robinson. He's getting married, and it's his sixth wedding, so they're doing kind of sending up the six wives of Henry VIII, and they're bringing back... All of his ex-wives to town who are all popping up to say, don't do this, don't ruin another woman's life. And, of course, this is going to lead to the comeback of the Blakeney twins. So that's exciting. But as well as that, uh, they are about to introduce their first ever transgender teen character as played by real-life teen transactors activist Georgia Stone, and this was all her idea. She uh, wrote to Neighbours, wrote to the executive producer, Jason Herbison, and said, "Um, I've got this suggestion for a character that I could play and a storyline, and uh, to his credit, he said, sounds fantastic, let's do it. So she arrives in the show uh, tomorrow, arrives at Erinsborough High. I imagine there's going to be some storyline there where, you know, she will be revealed uh, to be transgender and then we'll get stuck into the storyline that uh, she wants to do. I think it's very brave of them to do that and I, but I also think it's very, very topical to do this and I would note too that ABC Me uh, has started rolling cameras on their TV series First Day which is about I think a 12-year-old transgender at school, and I think this is really, really interesting because there's a lot of very nasty, negative stuff being uh, posted in this area from uh, some newspapers in this country, and, and I find it really, uh, I think it's a real low blow to go after vulnerable children um, as part of your ideological war. So bravo to the ABC and Channel 10 for normalising this and saying, well, actually, let's speak to someone that actually has some real-life experience in this area, and let's find out what would really happen, you know, if there was going to be th- this situation happening at a high school. I think uh, it's important that we speak to some real people in this situation and, and not, not scaremongering.
0: Succession's a show. I, I I don't know. I tried the first season. Didn't really warm to it, but I was one of the few. Are you? The second season's on now, isn't it? Are you into it?
1: Yeah, I am, and I'm noticing. I'm noticing on my social media feeds a lot of uh, people starting to discover this show yeah. and people starting to say this is now my favourite show and I get really excited just to hear the theme music um, because, uh, you know, this second series I think has, has really sort of astounded people with just how dysfunctional this family is. And let's face it, TV has had a lot of dysfunctional families in the past and we've also had a lot of rich families, you know, harking back to the days of Dallas and Dynasty, where we love to watch shows with rich family, big families because they seem to have the same problems that all of us poor folk did. But I mean, I think Succession has that extra, uh, you know, grit to it because It appears to be, at least initially, based on the Murdochs, you know, with Rupert Murdoch and his two adult sons and his daughter, and that's the setup that we have uh, in succession. And I think it's just so gobsmacking just watching this family. This family is just so cutthroat to each other. As to who wants to inherit the keys to this kingdom. It's certainly more... Um, cutthroat than anything we've seen in this sort of drama on TV for a while, and, and, and people are really responding to it, I reckon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, something else I haven't watched, and I don't want to make this a podcast about what I haven't seen, but it's turning ah. into that. Um, I haven't watched much of Breaking Bad, which I've talked about before, but there's a sequel movie coming.
1: Yeah, it's coming out on Netflix. It's come out of nowhere. So fans of Breaking Bad's are Bad are just so excited um, to see uh, this teaser trailer with Skinny Pete and uh, the trailer indicating that this story is going to pick up and see what happened to Jesse next, who was played by Aaron Paul. Uh, fascinating. I mean, we've had the better uh, the Breaking Bad prequel in Better Call Saul, and now we're getting a Breaking Bad sequel. Uh, wow. Uh, You know, it's going to be on Netflix sometime in September and uh, there'll be a lot of interest in that when it lands. It's a one-off at this stage, but, you know, who knows uh, what will happen next in that uh, franchise universe
0: couple of things I wanted to mention before we wrap up today that um, that I have been watching. Gee we Survivor have turned it on this year, I must say. That's, um, yes. Are you, are, you, are you not a Survivor watcher? I'm already? not a Survivor mm. fan,
1: but I but. can tell from the promos <laughs> and I can tell by the bits I see on uh, yeah. the project and Studio 10 that they've been having a cracky year and they've had some really uh, – interesting uh, personalities on this year.
0: Yeah, there's a guy called David who finally got his Just Desserts this week, but um,
1: He was the one that crea- that made up the fake idol and sucked them all in. Correct. Yeah. Immunity idol?
0: Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, he's been called a supermodel, I don't know how accurate that is, but <laughs> I presume he's got the looks to be that, if, uh, if that's what they say he is, but yeah, look but he was a great, he was very entertaining because he was just so full of himself, you know and he talked himself up every episode and he even managed to turn his sort of his elimination into, oh, it was a good move for me because they really <laughs> wanted me out because I was so good at this game, you know, but I sort of, I think they wanted him out because in their words, a lot of people found him irritating, but, but he, yeah. was, he was good TV, but I did cheer when he got um, <laughs> when he got voted off at Tribal Council. So there's, you know, it's starting to get really interesting as the numbers get fewer on that show. I think it's a like Pia Miranda who's on the series. Um, we haven't heard from from a long time, but she was. Yeah. She's turning out as a as a possible winner for the series. Wow! And um, actress from Looking for Brandy. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but um, hopefully, this one might kickstart her career again because um, she's just a, a wonderful character on this uh, program.
1: How interesting! Because a lot of those big name sports star celebrities, they kind of all got evicted,
0: right? up there at the beginning didn't they yeah they did a lot of those so-called champions i think it was champions versus contenders was the name yeah. of, the, of the season and a lot of those champions there did get booted out pretty quickly i'm also enjoying the final season of Pole Dark, which oh yes
1: which, saturday nights now
0: yeah they moved it from sunday to saturday but it's fallen off the radar a little bit here it's not getting much buzz at all is it i'm, I'm seeing very little about it Clearly
1: Polduck needs to take off his shirt and uh, get that scythe and try and uh, cut down some of his wheat because that gets people talking.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, I think he was in actually in um, – there's been an Agatha Christie thing running on Saturday nights on the ABC. And,
1: yeah, is, and then there were none?
0: That's the one, yeah. yeah I yeah. think Sam Neill was in it. Um, There's another Australian too, whose name escapes me, but um, he turned up in that. It's about two or three years old. I m- remember seeing yep. it in the UK. I think when <clears throat> when it first came out, but he wasn't in there um, with not not one of the lead lead roles. I think that's how times have changed in the, those few years. And finally, you know, look,
1: James, I on. just want to say one thing too yeah. about these sort of ABC, BBC shows. It's interesting. I've noticed uh, two things in the last day. One was that I noticed that Killing Eve will be going to Stan soon. Killing Eve, Mm. of course, which has been on ABC, iView to watch for free, and it's going to pop up on Stan soon, which is a paid subscription service. (laughs) And we're starting to see that. I'm starting to see shows that originally you would have had to pay to see on Foxtel. Suddenly you see uh, the assassination of Gianni Versace and Pose, another show, was screening on uh, uh, Fox Showcase, you're seeing them on Netflix. So they're sharing a lot of shows and it's also happening in the other direction too. Patrick Melrose, which was a great show on BBC First uh, that you would have had to pay to see. I noticed that's going to come up soon. You'll be able to watch it for free on iView. So it's funny, isn't it? If you wait 12 months with some of these shows and the rights uh, lag, someone else seems to grab them and say, look, we'll put it on our platform as an offering so there's a lot of uh, product that's starting to move around because there's so many bloody streaming services now James, they're all looking for content to go look at us look at us, we've got new things to watch (laughs) even if some of them are
0: repeats Yeah, yeah. just quickly the other Aussies in that uh, and then there were none was Noah Taylor was in it and he doesn't work as much as I'd like to see him to because he's very good whenever he crops up and I think Maeve Dermody Again, yeah, right. Who I really like, but I'd like to see her in more things too. Um, yeah. I just wanted to mention, you mentioned briefly Cheat at the start of uh, Seven. I think it was only four episodes. I think Seven probably dumped it over two nights. But yeah. I, it really looks interesting, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to sit down and watch that on 7 Plus when I get a moment.
1: Look, the other little one that I would recommend, I would really recommend that you check out Grand Hotel, which is this uh, okay. non-drama. It, it's, it's a summer series from ABC Network in America. And I was on holidays in Hawaii, and I went to the ABC site there, and I watched the first episode. It stars Lincoln Yonis, Yonis from uh, who was one of the Riverboys on Home and Away. And he was also in Love Child. And this is kind of his big U.S. break. And, look, he's literally one of the lead roles in it. And uh, it's from executive producer Eva Longoria. And, look, it's just a trashy soap. (laughs) But, look, I thought it was really well done. And uh, I watched six episodes of it over a couple of days and was hanging out for more. So uh, I know it didn't rate terribly well on 9. It's probably going to end up on Late Night or bump to gem but grand hotel if you like trashy fun check
0: it out okay um so i finally watched one episode of and and i think you championed this when it start started was the heights yeah what did you think oh mate it's so good how good is it wow i was really impressed and i thought gee whiz i could spend a lot of time catching i presume all the old episodes are going to be on um, iview
1: yeah, there'll be 32 the half-hour episodes there to watch. Wow. And yeah. you know what? Sometimes it'd back up on my uh, hard drive, and I'd look at it and go, oh, yeah, you know, I went away from holidays. I came back. It was like, oh, God, six episodes of The Heights to watch. Oh, I don't have time to do that. But as soon as I'd put one on, and it'd be going five minutes, I'd go – oh, yeah, that's right. No, this show's really good. Mm. Yeah, I'm watching this. It was really good. I'm thrilled that they've said that it's coming back for a second series. Yeah. Uh, That is just great news. Um, And do you know what? The interesting thing about The Heights is there's the the unlikely relationships in the show. And one of the loveliest things I've seen on TV all this year is this – this uh, young boy who's living in a crowded housing commission flat with his uncle and auntie and their girls, and he's, him and his brother sleep in the lounge room, and he has to go sit in the hallway to study, because he's smart and he's got potential. Um, and the, the woman who runs the Vietnamese shop, I should say the Vietnamese woman who runs the local shop, she recognizes that he's got talent and she clears out some room for him at the back of the shop and says you study here <laughs> and this relationship between this older woman and this young boy and how she just refuses to give up on him and every time he goes this is too hard she goes no you smart you must go to school mm. just a beautiful unlikely relationship that just sort of goes back to what how we started this podcast with old people's homes where we need to see more things on TV TV, where unlikely uh, friends can help each other out. I just think it's one of the great things that we can do in uh, with our TV shows.
0: Yeah, look, I loved I loved all the characters on The Heights. The acting was great. Um, the way they connect the story, and I just just really um, I really want to go back and start uh, trying to catch up on some of those old episodes. Just quickly, I wanted to mention Tubi has launched in Australia. It's a little free, yeah. a free. Um, what do you call it? Um, Streaming service. Yeah, but it's ad supported, so there's no subscription fees, but you've got to watch some ads, I guess. Uh, Yeah. It's got a really interesting <laughs> catalogue. They say there's about seven thousand TV um, um, TV series and movies. There's about, I think, fifteen thousand in the US. So they said they're going to slowly build the catalogue here. Uh, some interesting stuff. Some some I didn't find a lot of after a quick look. I didn't find a lot of TV series, but there's some sort of. Um, there's some archival stuff, if you like, like things like Petticoat Junction, sort of old US classics. The Dick Van Dyke show, they've got yeah. that, that there. So that would that's, be well worth uh, watching for sure. But it's probably, you know, I think a lot... There's not things that you're going to run off and say, oh, I've got to see this, but there's just really interesting things there if you're ever... Um well, it's hard to, hard to be bored these days finding stuff to watch, but um, it's probably worth exploring because most people will find some little quirky thing in there. They go, oh, yeah, I'd like to watch that again, or I never saw it the first time round."
1: Yeah, that's what I liked about the list. It looked a bit – there were some titles there that were quite culty, and I thought, yes, we need to see some nutty stuff out there <laughs> in a the new service, yeah.
0: And the other one was Disney+. Plus. Gee, there's been a lot of information yeah, wow. dropping about this lately, and it's launching here in Australia in November, and it's yep. really going to shake up the market I think
1: is it ever
0: yeah so and they've it's pretty cheap it's under $10 it's cheaper than all the other streaming platforms here in Australia and they've got some brilliant deals in the US I think for about twelve ninety nine US, you can get Disney Plus, plus ESPN Plus for all your sports, plus yep. plus Hulu, plus which, Hulu, yeah, which is I think going to make a really uh, a lot of people interested. Or if you're, uh, Disney have their own sort of uh, members club if you like called D twenty three, and if you become a member of D twenty three and you subscribe for three years, I think you get um, about forty percent off. So, but you which, know
1: what's interesting with uh, Tubi arriving and being free, even though it's ad-supported. Like seriously, if you were a cheapskate and you didn't <laughs> want to spend any money at all, yeah. if you had ABC iView, SBS On Demand, oh, yeah. and Tubi, you'd, you'd still find a lot of stuff to watch there.
0: Well, don't forget Seven Plus, you know, Seven um, Plus, Nine Now, yeah, Ten Play. Yeah, oh, it going to yeah, yeah keep you busy if you if you didn't yeah, want to spend busy. any coin for sure. Yes. <laughs> All right, Andrew, look, let's leave it at that. Any little tips for uh, coming up for next week? What are you writing about in Media Week this week?
1: Well, do you know what? I, I, uh, I've just uh, signed up to 10 All Access. They finally oh. got something that I want to watch, Wives <laughs> Who Kill, oh, the new okay. drama from Mark Cherry who made Desperate Housewives. Oh, yes. yep. Uh And so, of course, that anything he does is right up my alley. Someone on Twitter the other day, this troll the other day, <laughs> I put up a tweet about uh, – bold and the beautiful and this troll came back at me and went oh soy masculinity questioning my masculinity because I watch soaps James Mm. and I thought mate you don't know me at all (laughs) I think that's funny that's not an insult (laughs) <laughs> um, but, yeah, I watched the first episode, and I'll, I'll write about it for Media Week. It stars uh, Lucy Liu, and it's set in the same house over three different periods, 1963, 1984, and 2019, and you see three different relationships and the way they were doing things very differently in those eras. And I guess the title tells it all, wives who kill. Uh, some of them are going to start killing people.
0: Oh, dear. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. It's good to see 10 All Access getting, uh, getting you on board.
1: Yeah, well, I wasn't imp- too impressed with the rest of the offerings, but I haven't had a good look yet, so I'll reserve judgment to them. Um, ha- I had a quick look last night and went, is that it? I uh, better make a note to myself and remember to cancel this subscription in, <laughs> pre subscription in 30 days' time, because they're going to need to get something a bit more exciting there for me to keep paying. Sure. That monthly
0: fee. Sure. Are all those episodes available at once?
1: There's yeah. three episodes, I think, of Wives Who Kill Up There at the moment, and okay. I think it's going to go week by week after that. I maybe should have uh, waited a couple of months and tried to spin <laughs> it in my 30-day free trial, but I have yeah. to be on top of it now for you, James. And all
0: right. good working. on you, good on you. All right, Andrew, great talking to you as always. We'll like, catch up again soon.
1: Thanks, James. Have a good week.